Special thanks to our promotional partners at the American Philatelic Society. The APS is the largest stamp collecting organization in the world, supporting collectors of any level worldwide. For more information about membership and APS services, visit stamps.org. We, we can also touch on it at the end, too. Yeah. Right. I'm Charles Epting from H.R. Harmer in New York City. And I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And once again, <laughs> we are Conversations with Philatelists. Um, Michael, it's been it's been a little while. Yeah. On the one hand, it's been a little while. because it's, it's been a while since we've done this uh, in front mm-hmm. of the camera with one yeah. another. We've spoken uh, essentially every day in the interim uh, about stamps and about life and about um, I'm not sure there's a difference sometimes, Mm. Uh, but but it's been a little while since we've um, done an episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, As people have been been very quick to point out. Yeah, I've replied to as many emails as I can and comments and tweets and stuff like that. Um, It's just we've been. Yeah, it, it's it's nothing nothing bad. It's actually been been quite good that we've yeah. both been so busy. Um, we still love doing the podcast. We uh, we had a really good unbroken streak there of not mm-hmm. missing a week. Um, but but just like this first part, of, exactly. This first part of the year though has been a bit hectic. But but we're back. Like you know, there may be the occasional missed week, but I'd love to mm-hmm. get back on a on a schedule of um, a couple of times a month doing this. Let's get some more live streams in there. We're back. We're back. CWP is back with not knowing <laughs> whose internet is cutting out. Um, that's our that's our signature move. Um, no, yeah. it feels good to be back. And it's also really exciting that we're talking to somebody today who uh, we've wanted to talk to for a long time. He's one of mm-hmm. my oldest friends in the hobby. He's literally like the second or third person I ever met in the hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been trying to talk to him for a while, but there's been a project that has been coming up. And we really wanted to talk to him about something in particular, and we didn't want to have him on prematurely. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking to Jay Bagalki from Amos Media. That's Scott Catalog and Lynn Stamp News. He yep. is the, uh, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know his official job title because he just does everything at, at Lynn's and, and Scott. He's the, he's the editor. He's the head. Yeah. He's the editor-in-chief editor in chief, of Lynn's. I think, yeah. Yes. Um, but I just know him as, as the guy who yeah. does all of that. Um, and again, Jay's one of my one of my closest friends in this hobby. Really excited to finally be welcoming him on to CWP. I think he's yeah. a great first guest to have back on, and certainly a lot of news coming out of um, Scott Catalog in particular lately. Mm. And uh, I think we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so without further ado, um, he's actually here. I'm going to hit the admit button now. Which is we're so going to bring him in. We're uh, yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Hey. 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 So it's been it's been two years that I've dreamt of this. <laughs> been that long? Uh, almost, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, how's it going, man? I'm here. <laughs> you know what? I feel like I have to reposition my camera angle now. Why is that? I'm I'm, I'm feeling upstaged. Well, it is. Oh, the because t- of the Titanic, years. yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've got my. Uh, you know what? We can leave this all in. This is what people missed. I've got my uh, my Tatooine homestead kitchen. Well, I, mm-hmm. I I thought this was a Lego podcast. You know what? <laughs> I saw time... I saw that episode in the last. Yeah, you years. know what? <laughs> you know what? At times, I wish it would be. Um, no, I I mean I, I see behind you one Lego set. You cleared off the shelf of additional Lego. Sets. Well, no, is that the Empire State Building? No, no, that's actually just a metal one. No, oh, there's okay. only one Lego set in that scene. There's a globe and a typewriter. Oh, okay. And Why don't you show, can, can you can you show off the globe really quick? Because that's one of the coolest Lego sets ever made. 
Oh, yeah, Michael. Michael, look at that. Jeez. You know what? I see us wrapping this conversation yeah. up in 45 minutes <laughs> without having mentioned Scott Catalog. <laughs> it's easy to do. Here's the Amos reference. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very great. That's yeah, that's incredible. Lego. I have. That doesn't even look like. That just looks so realistic. You guys know what's not Lego <laughs> is this. <laughs> It's like the same thing. It's essentially the same typewriter, mm -hmm. but it's a typewriter. Here's um, I actually. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we can keep going. I, see, I can't. Oh, keep going. I think yeah. I saw Michael, photos. you sent me a link to those. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this typewriter actually, let's connect it back to Flatley. I bought that typewriter, Jay. Do you remember where? Cleveland, Garfield, Perry, Reno, Nevada, APS oh, Winter Show. Close. It was it was a stamp show. It was a stamp show. So um, that's right. You, know, you had I'm to not, figure out how to get it back. That went through the TSA uh, the, the scanner and freaked everyone out. They well, it's a portable. The, uh, it is portable. They didn't yeah. have air. Well, actually, they did have airplanes when it was made. Um, we may or may not leave all of this in, but um, let's let's I guess circle back around. I would I would like to just keep having that conversation for a while. Um, we're here with Jay Bagalki of yeah. um, Lens and Scott Catalog and Amos Media. And in debating your job title, Jay, I said you're just kind of the guy who did everything. Uh, when it comes to stamps at Amos Media Company, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yep. Um, you are at your offices in Sydney, Ohio. Sydney, Ohio, right now. Um, can you give everyone, before we get into the conversation about your exciting new developments, can you give everyone just sort of a brief rundown of your philatelic CV? <laughs> Well, uh, it all started at a small town in Reedfield, Wisconsin. Uh, there's about 75 people that live there. Uh, there are more cows than people. Uh, but uh, 76 cows. Yeah, they, and they still have a post office to this day. Uh, it opens only for a couple hours a day. But uh, back when I was kind of first getting introduced to the stamp world, it was my great grandmother who introduced me to the, you know, uh, the stamps on postcards and then i had to go pick up the mail for the family so i kept going to the post office well that's how i discovered stamps uh and started buying them with my 25 cent allowance or whatever it was at the time and uh then i got a, a real job at a diner nearby and uh started just to clarify this, money. this was before rfd this was before rural free delivery like I think so. Early 20th century? Yeah, somewhere around that. 1992, <laughs> three. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, so that uh, was kind of how the the money started flowing with uh, to the post office was that I'd, I'd work at a diner and then I'd go to the post office and I started buying full sheets of stamps. And I discovered uh, Lynn's stamp news along the way from a stamp collector uh, that showed me that. And on the on the front cover was a ceremony for the Iowa statehood stamp on August 1st in 1995. And so when that uh, issue of Lynn's showed up, I asked my dad if we could go to the ceremony, which is like a five hour drive. And we never went on long road trips. He agreed. And that was my first first day of issue ceremony. So it took 21 years later, but I went to a first day ceremony in all 50 states. Wow. Uh, and a couple of the territories, uh, and I think about 250 first day ceremonies. Wow. Uh, the placard right there, the birds, uh, mm -hmm. that was the state number 50. It was uh, Vermont. That was the podium placard that I might have walked off with after the event. 
<laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't confess to that on camera. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 how did you? So you 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 read Lynn's. That was your introduction to first day ceremonies. How did you? Yeah, get that was to where you are now. Yeah, that was with first day ceremonies. Then the postal service, for some reason, uh, issued a bunch of stamps in the late '90s in Wisconsin, uh, which was great because there are a lot of active stamp collectors in Wisconsin, and they kind of roped me into things. Uh, I went to the University of Wisconsin uh, in Madison uh, in 2000 and actually uh, created first day covers and things throughout the five years that I spent at school uh, and basically paid for most of my college expenses with that. So and then I instantly after uh, college, I applied for the job at Lynn Stamp News and got it within a week of applying. <laughs> Wow. Uh, and I have uh, maybe never worked a day of my life outside of stamps <laughs> since then. So that's fantastic. So a lot of people are, I would guess that basically everyone listening to us is familiar with Lens and Scott. Yeah. So we don't have to go there. No. But can you talk us through what has happened with Scott catalog in the last, I don't remember the timeline. What, what, what has it been sort of six months or so since the rollout began with the new digital? Can you sort of walk us through yeah, so, digitization uh, efforts for Scott in general? Because there's been various incarnations of the digital catalog. Right. Mm. So when I first started for the company back in 2005, that was when they had the CDs. Remember yeah. those things? Yeah. Um, and uh, they were heavily pirated. And I remember that conversation at the time. I was never at a a level of actually dealing with the production of it, but I knew that was going on and then it stopped. Um, I don't know exactly in the late 2009, 2000, somewhere around there is when they did the, the first version of basically creating a, a flip book of the existing Scott catalog, which there's just so many pages to each individual volume that the e-readers available, it was a challenge at the time because there's a lot of data that mm -hmm. is with those. Um, so that was kind of the version that was out there from that point to about last year. So I know that, you know, you, you joke that, I mean, you guys have been doing the show for two years now or whatever. So while everybody else was caught up in the Zoom craze, mm -hmm. I was behind the scenes trying to make this happen because I knew that this would give something more to the hobby uh, than, you know, do me doing a number of Zoom calls. Now I can play catch up on that front. Right, right. And and I have um, I have used the, but we have our physical Scott catalogs sitting somewhere in the office, actually right behind the computer screen. Uh, yep. But I've used the digital catalog as well. Up until recently, the concept was that you would basically buy this flip book of a print catalog. So you'd right. get the 2020 or 2021, you could get the, the specialized or the classic or whatnot, but it was basically a static fixed uh, document. Right. Is that correct? That's correct. And you'd pay X amount of dollars and you would have access to that file uh, in perpetuity. Right. What is the concept behind the new version of the digital catalog? And, and, um, Michael and I are of the generation that has Apple Music and Spotify and Disney Plus and whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. But for people who maybe um, weren't raised with streaming, because I've had streaming as long as 
I can basically remember. Um, what is sort of the layman's version of the, the difference between the old catalog and the new catalog? Right. So one of the things that we did initially was we, we have our existing customer base for the old uh, digital catalog. We sent a survey out to uh, all of them and also to our an entire Amos Advantage line of products. And it was a survey asking, would you prefer a subscription method to get to the Scott catalog or would you prefer, you know, the, the way we were doing it at the time? And 75% of the respondents said they wanted to switch to a subscription model. So I was like, there, there we go. I know that, you know, that's, it's a big change, but you could already tell from that survey that people are already getting used to that, uh, you know, doing a subscription style thing. And in even, you know, we use InDesign and Photoshop to do our advertising and whatnot. And it, I don't think people who don't use these programs on a regular basis, you cannot buy Photoshop anymore. No, I can't go buy a copy. I have to subscribe to Photoshop and plenty Microsoft of other office. Yep. I was, I was gonna say, yeah, word is yeah, things, the same thing. Antivirus. Yeah. It's all, all, you know, kind of everything's kind of moved to that. So it was the natural that we would try to do that, but what I wanted to do was get this to the market somewhat faster because our older version of the digital catalog was clunky. The search functionality just didn't work. Um, I could never find anything and it was frustrating me. So I'm like, I knew I wasn't alone. So that's why, how do we use our existing tools to create something new? So that's why, um, and, and do something new. Uh, so the concept was basically creating a library of all of the countries almost in, a, uh, in one folder that somebody can access it and they can search across everything that's in that volume or they can search because they're probably gonna know the country they were looking for if they're really going for it. Um, then you can just search within that country. So that's kind of, you know, that was the initial part that I tasked our IT team. Actually, it was only kind of two of us that kind of did a lot of the heavy lifting up front where it was just like, well, can we do that? Can we not do that? And, and so that's kind of where we, how we got to this point. So you talked a little bit at, we talked a little bit at Westpex about the differences in the catalog itself and how it updates and the volumes and everything. Can you talk a little bit about how the search functionality works compared to the old one? Because you showed me how how much better it was on the yeah, new I one. Mean, the... When you when you search in the old version, you were searching across everything in volume one. So if you typed in Scott twenty one twenty one, you you I mean you would end up getting every one of the Scott numbers like that throughout yeah. the whole issue. So it was you had to look through the search results and go, well, I think that's it, and then click and go to it. Mm -hmm. So in the new one, you would already know the country. And then if you went into the country and you're going for 2121, you could actually use the navigation on the side to jump ahead by 500 in the Scott numbers. So you can kind of get to it a lot faster. It's a lot more interactive rather than just like a physical digital yes. PDF of, of scans and, and, and whatnot. So going forward into the subscription model itself, can people what are people subscribing to? Are they subscribing to just what the catalogs are or can they subscribe to individual countries or yep. can you talk a so, little bit about that? So where we're at right now, uh, mm -hmm. we have the volume one through six catalogs. You can subscribe to a, a, the full run of volume one through six, or you can get one and three 
and they'll actually show up in the same library together. So you do have that ability and then you could search across those two if you really wanted to. Um, we don't have individual countries quite yet, um, but I can somewhat of an exclusive tell you that we do have four new products that are gonna be launching really soon here that are groupings. So because these are all built in a library system, mm -hmm. we can put them together in any way that we want. So naturally, British Commonwealth, Germany and areas, France and colonies, and Portugal and colonies will all be groupings and subscriptions that'll be available soon. So, so this specialists that- so, so just to clarify, right now, if I collect Germany and areas, Danzig is going to be in the D's and by the whole brand. So this will collect all of the German areas, all of the A to Z in one volume. That is yep. fantastic. I think. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, I, th I think it's kind of a, a really big deal because it's yeah. not, it's not something that, I mean, there aren't too many collectors out there that I think buy all one through six just to get those. Mm -hmm. Um, but now having the flexibility of being able to just get British Commonwealth or just get France and colonies and, you know, at a much lower cost than the one through six catalog, you're going to be more likely to do something like that. Um, one other feature that I didn't mention earlier is that there, that we're starting to add imagery to every stamp. If we can get an image of it, we're already processing the images and it's that's a slow thing to take the database to actually picture everything. Um, but there's thousands, 20, 30,000 of them that are right now in the queue to get tagged on the database. Uh, that's a huge deal. Um, there are some countries in volumes one, two, and three here uh, shortly that you'll start seeing complete runs of a set um, and it looks pretty neat. Uh, you can actually you can actually find some of this stuff pretty easy by visual sight. So, mm -hmm. well, that, that's one thing with uh, one of the limitations of a printed catalog is, yeah. um, you know, if it's a if it's a, a type set where the, all the stamps look the same, it's one thing. The Trail of the Caribou or something, they're just different colors and denominations. Mm. Right. But there's plenty of sets where Scott will just the the, the physical Scott catalog will picture the one cent value. And then it'll say two cent picture something. And you have to yeah. really be reliant on the text to find what you're looking for. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that feature of it because uh, I've found, because I've been personally scanning in a lot of these stamps myself uh, wow. so that we can add them in. I've scanned about 20,000 stamps myself. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then when it comes to renaming them, the digital catalog has been my go-to for actually locating it. Mm -hmm. um i'll tell you one of the hardest ones for me to do was renaming the united nations stuff like i scanned in but i could never find what the geneva one was and what section that was oh my gosh but i can tell you that i've got all of them scanned in and that'll start showing at whatever point our imaging team gets done with those uh images that'll probably be this fall but i mean that's a pretty big deal yeah one one thing that i've wondered about is um each new issue of lynn's monthly are the new are the new issue listings also in the weekly uh they're not no it's just monthly yep, so you get the new monthly in the mail it's got new listings from around the world yep. and those are incorporated into the following year's scott catalog correct will the catalogs be updated more frequently than once a year now that there's no 
limitation that you have to, you know, create a PDF and then print. Yep. So a uh, starting point on that front is for the United States, we are updating it every month when there's a new stamp issue. So it's already been updated pretty neat that you can see all the stamps through, I think it was early April is when the, the latest one was that we updated with. Um, the other thing with the U.S. specialized catalog, as you know, we update the values twice a year. Uh, we have the October and then we have volume one. Well, the, the US specialized digital catalog was already updated with the volume one pricing. So, so it's, it's, it's even cooler to have the, the US uh, digital uh, subscription because it gets value updates a year on that front. In addition to that, so all the other countries though, as you mentioned, at, at this point, it's not happening because it would involve uh, rebuilding files every month and uh, you know until we kind of hit the ground running and see what the processes are behind it we, we can't devote the time to uh updating every country um but it is it is definitely possible so can you one, one thing there's been some discussion on online and i know michael and i have seen a little bit about this is the um pricing component um right. And this is something that is obviously a complex subject. Can you um, just maybe maybe give a word on on pricing compared to the print edition, compared to comparable digital catalogs and things like that? How you came up with the the numbers that you're at? Right. I mean, when it's anything that you know, print versus digital, uh, there's always been a, a gravitational pull for every organization and whatever they do uh, to discount digital because mm -hmm. it's cheaper. It's not. I mean, I mean, to be able to add all the additional features that we added to, you know, index things, to uh, scanning, to adding imagery to things, to figuring out how do we update things more frequently, uh, you know, it, it was priced accordingly for that. It is still less than a, a, a print catalog, um, but there's a lot more that you can do in the digital version that you could never do uh, in print. Um, you know, a lot of people have gravitated towards the, the one through six set. Uh, that's it is an expensive amount uh, to go for, you know, the full set. But it, there, there's just a challenge at that point. How do we how do we figure out to offer that at a, at a lower rate? Well, we had to start somewhere. And then, you know, there's there's opportunities for other things. If we get more advertising support, if, you know, there are a lot more collectors that do subscribe. Um, but at the few shows that I've gone to and I walked up to the red box dealers and showed them the app or well, not app. I mean, it's just, it's browser based. So you can right. access it wherever and whenever, um, I'd, I'd show it to them and, and for the topical collectors that want to look for a certain fish or a rainbow on a stamp or, you know, green Bay Packers, whatever it ends up being, you can search the entire one through six catalog and come up with something pretty quick so they're able to in a way upsell their customers or not even upsell they can actually just find the thing that they want mm -hmm. but they don't know how to look it up pretty quick so uh that'll be an important tool for some people um the other thing that i i've i've said so like let's say you subscribe to the u.s specialized catalog um and you're in an antique shop and you want to know is that the rare perf variety? Is that an EDU? I think it might be, but I'm not sure. You never had that ability to actually 
quickly look it up on your mobile phone. And now you can. So all it takes is one of those instances to find something cool that it, it starts paying for itself. That's a great segue into a question that you knew was coming today. <laughs> so let's say I'm on, uh, I'm on an airplane runway and my flight's about to take off. I've got to put my phone into airplane mode. I've got my Apple Music account. And I, I can download an album for offline listening for basically the duration of that flight until I remove it from my library. That doesn't mean I own the MP3 files. I cannot burn copies of it and pirate it. But Apple right. Music and, and Disney Plus and these apps allow you to save media for offline use. So let's say I'm at an antique store. I don't know if it's just my luck, but I feel like I've never been in an antique store with good cellular data. <laughs> in the wrong part of the U.S. <laughs> I've been to antique stores in every part of the U.S. <laughs> Is this something that might come in the future where I could save maybe the Washington Franklins or the Confederate provisionals within a browser or within an app? Just so, again, not so that I can print off 100 copies right. and sell them on eBay, but, but a way to save certain pages that can be loaded without an internet connection. Right. I mean, that is something that is is not currently available. Uh, and it's it's just a challenge to be able to uh, bring something to market, hopefully somewhat quickly like we did, right. without, you know, really bogging down the IT process of things. Um, however, I will comment on the, like, the airplane situation. They're making it really easy for you to connect online on, a, on an airplane. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was able to do work from Atlanta to San Francisco for Westpac server with full internet connection and use the catalog. Uh, so the potential is a little bit more, you know, for the future. I do understand that I would love to be able to have an offline version of this. There is technology out there. Um, we're just not there yet with this for and I will I will admit my flight to Westpac from Lisbon, Portugal, I to access the digital catalog and described a bunch of confederate provisional covers <laughs> from thirty thousand feet they are making it a whole lot easier <laughs> um so for now people can still access their old digital catalogs um if, yeah if you purchased one of the older versions uh that is still available too and is that going to be infinite the people who purchase their old digital catalogs will always still have them because it's this I is mean, on a separate website yeah, I mean, as infinite as one would think, I think, I mean, in reality, it'll just be when people stop logging in. Yeah, okay. I mean, when, when it's when it's fair. just painfully obvious that nobody is using that version of it, then mm -hmm. yeah, that's when it would go away. But there's no, we're going to pull the plug on a certain date. So do those digital catalogs as well, are those also offered in addition to the subscription model or is it just the subscription model going no, forward? we are only offering the subscription model moving forward. Okay. Lynn's Stamp News has an incredible um, uh, archive going back 100 years? No, 99, 99 years? Uh, it was 1929. I don't do math. Oh, it was 29. Okay, I, I don't know why I was thinking early 20s. Or somewhere. Um, you have a great archive and and many uh, more recent issues are digitized correct yeah is there uh has there been any thought to linking your two great assets that you have sky catalog and lens so let's say that somebody wrote an article about uh, uh ecuadorian airmail stamp in 2007 
is there a way that I can be in my Scott catalog and I'm looking for Ecuador C14 or whatever? And mm. hey, somebody wrote an article about it and there can be a hyperlink or a little asterisk or something to get me to a relevant article in Lynn Stamp News. Uh, I mean, it's an excellent suggestion. Uh, it's obviously not one that we are currently doing, uh, but the potential is there. Uh, that wouldn't take any time to implement, right? Uh, no, it would happen really quick. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll, I'll be waiting for that one. Then. Yeah, we'll see it tomorrow. But 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 you do have these two great databases at hand, and it would be fun to, for there to be some crossover there. No, it definitely is a consideration of mine. I mean, I'm trying to figure out ways that we can incorporate and do more with our uh, Lens archive going back because mm. I'm trying to figure out the search functionality and what the capabilities of that are, and making sure all of our older uh, issues and the PDFs we have of them have been OCR'd and work right. But there are a lot of other assets that we have that go even beyond Lens that we, we could offer. Uh, in an archive system. So yes, it's it's definitely in the works. So um, this is a question that is quite a weird one, and I'm not sure that most people who don't uh, advertise... I don't know where uh, you're going with this. No, no, no. Well, it, so it was about the advertising. You mentioned it earlier, if there was increased advertising, the, the, the pricing and everything. So this is a this is a web-based subscription model that's constantly updating. Do the ad... But in the Previous digital catalogs, they were people would buy them. Those ads would be there forever. The physical catalogs, they buy them. The ads are there forever. Do the ads change? Every, uh, I mean, every we, we haven't had, we don't have a number of ads that are in the system yet. But yeah. what the what it would be uh, is it would be if you picked one country or mm -hmm. a bunch of countries to have your advertisement appear, it would appear as a page in between the listings. Okay. So you kind of get a full, it's about, well, the proportions are six inches by nine inches for one of the pages. Um, so you would basically have that um, and it would be purchased for the year's time period for when we'd update it, kind of mirroring the print catalog. So if you did volume one print, the deadline would be in April and then you'd have that digitally for a year. Mm -hmm. So the print and uh, digital ads are separate now. Okay. Yeah, that's that that's what my kind of question was there. That was that's interesting. So Jay, you've you've been hard at work on this since the start of the pandemic, at yeah. least. I know I know it goes it back even further than that. You have a product out finally. If time and money were or or, or I should say uh, manpower and money were no consideration. What is one thing you would and we've asked you we've grilled you about a bunch of things, but what is what is something you have in mind? that's a long-term goal that you think could really revolutionize the uh, subscription-based digital Scott catalog. What's your, what's your fever dream? Oh, I really want to get an image of everything. Mm. An image of every stamp, every, every issued stamp, by every country. Every issued by every country and to have the largest, you know, solid database where I know it was all scanned. That really is that stamp. Everything. And I mean, I, so one of the things that'll be coming this fall is so in U.S. postal stationery, as you know, we don't show everything. We don't show nearly everything, not even close. Um, I personally have scanned every piece of U.S. postal stationery minus three Scott numbers. Wow. So uh, that will look stunning when we get the database tagged for that. Uh, so right there, that's one of those situations where you might actually be able to figure out what it is. <laughs> and there's no way that would ever appear in print, obviously, would be ridiculous to 
to, Im to image that in a in a physical catalog. Yeah, that would be really hard. I mean, that's the that's the cool thing about all of this is that the the print limitations of size. Uh, obviously, that's you know, I don't have to worry about that for the digital side of things. Um, I mean, as as you are probably very well aware, paper and postage costs, uh, shipping costs have not gone down at all. Mm to produce anything. However, you know, we still maintain our commitment to provide the print catalogs. Um, as I've jokingly said at stamp shows and anybody, I'm just going to make the versions a whole lot cooler. <laughs> so that'll do what it does, <laughs> but we're going to continue to support print. Really quick, just a word on print. Um, I know that the, uh, I, I would guess that the U S specialized is reaching its maximum size. There's no limit to how many pages <laughs> you can maybe, make a book. <laughs> maybe it is maybe it is but. reaching it's it is reaching its maximum size that people will tolerate or be able to carry. Um, and I know, there, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I know you've recently um, removed the United Nations from US specialized. Yes. Um, graded yep. graded stamps are yep. now their own volume. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Will will specialized ever get split into two print volumes? Is there no. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I could get in trouble for saying that, but no, I will not split it into two print volumes. Um, like, I'd, I'd, there is an added cost to doing two books, right. <laughs> like a substantial added cost to doing two books. And if I can take that added cost and put it towards the digital stuff that we're doing, I would rather do that. Um, so you mentioned the United Nations, uh, that, that'll be very noticeable this fall when the US Specialized comes out, because it'll be two full uh, signatures, so about 120 pages lighter wow. uh, than uh, before. So I think that's a, a major stepping stone. Um, now, I mean, there's one other section that I'm a little bit trying to figure out what to do uh, at the moment, and I don't, I'm not too shy about talking about it because the uh, fit, uh, US postage section uh, could like quadruple in size from the number of new ones that have popped up in the last year. Mm -hmm. um, so either that section is going to stay in or it's going to become its own book just because that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah it that, almost that, become like the Dats error catalog. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it is a niche audience that would use that. And I think there's a lot of audience that would use it outside of the U.S. specialized catalog audience. I just have to figure out what's the right strategy. Do we uh, do a snapshot in time where it's just like, okay, well, everything from 2016 to date, uh, go check out this book and leave all the, the legacy counterfeits. I don't know if that's what you do. Uh, leave that in there or just take the whole section out or, you know, there's a combination of things. So obviously I'd welcome any input from anybody on that front. Mm -hmm. uh, so so those are for the the print only or has the has un been removed from the digital us no. specialized so that's that's the interesting if you if you have the the us uh digital subscription you'll mm -hmm. continue to get everything that was historically in the us specialized catalog so even if you so remove that, the counterfeits later those are still yeah the available. counterfeits will stay still stay in the digital one um the is the is the great those um uh blanking yeah the, the great section and the definitive identifier are both in the digital u.s subscription and okay. the un will stay there too so so this is an instance where there is added look even though some people may balk at the the price of the subscription you are getting more than you 
get for your your print, uh, your print catalog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then all these extra images, the ease of being able to find everything. And it's always up to date. People have always asked me like, well, what year is the catalog for the digital? And I'm like, it's just current now. Yeah. It's time just it? now, yeah. you know, so, so, so that's, it, that's a learning curve. It, it sounds to me, again, you, you've expressed your commitment to uh, the printed catalog, which some people, I mean, look, myself included, like as, as much as I love the digital, I've got my print one on my desk at all times. Yep. Um, but I, I, I guess the, an analogy that could be made is that you know nobody had to um, outlaw the horse and buggy for the automobile to right. explode in popularity. And it sounds like your goal is to make the digital catalog so good that nobody wants the print catalog anymore. Rather than uh, extinguishing it, um, you're just trying to organically replace it with a superior product. Is that fair to say? I think, yeah. Excellent. Um, logistics, where can people go? What's the what's the um, yeah, elevator pitch to? Yeah, what? so uh, Amos Advantage, um, uh, there's a digital uh, link on the top of that. I do have an exclusive uh, for your your viewers. So uh, if they use the coupon code CWP10, they would get uh, $10 off of one of the volume one through six books, uh, for one year subscription on that account. And if they use CWP 50, they'd get $50 off of the digital catalog volume one through six set. Wow. So Jay, so Jay picked CWP 10 because it's been 10 weeks since we did an episode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so CWP 10 is $10 off a single volume. Yep. CWP 50, $50 off the complete set of volumes. That is yep. fantastic. That's, yeah. that's yeah. a wow. great offer. Um, so that'll be basically 30 days from the date you guys air this show. Which will be this coming Monday. That'll be, that'll be Monday. Turn so, over fast. so yeah, we, we need people to get on that. Hopefully you'll see a little spike in sales. Sounds good. No pressure, right? No, we'll see. I'm going to ask you for data afterwards. <laughs> see who puts their money where their mouth is. Um, no, that's awesome. That, that sounds like a great way for somebody to get their foot in the door, try it out for a year. And um and and see you know again I'm I'm always gonna have a special place in my heart for the for the physical, um but there's something to be said about it having. Do you know how many pounds volume one through six is if I if I carried them with me? Have you ever I, weighed I them? You know I haven't I haven't weighed them myself. They probably break or small scales. I know my yeah. personal scale at home it will not it would not handle that. <laughs> yeah no yeah again just the the amount uh, of of life it gives to your um to your back carrying mm -hmm. carrying all those around to a show uh it's yeah. probably worth it so I, that's that's what a number of dealers actually said it at, at um as i've mentioned it they're like wait i don't have to bring that full set along with me i could just okay sold <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i bought an ipad specifically for scott catalog i have no yeah. need for the ipad other than that <laughs> it works great yeah yeah um awesome so, so so uh for people listening where can they expect to see lins and scott and amos and you on the road for the rest of the year where uh, uh the, to next? so uh marty uh Frankovic, he lists our new issues for the scott catalog he's going to be at capex uh he's going to be showing off the digital catalog to anybody who goes there uh our booth is near the entrance uh near canada post or across from mm -hmm. canada post um, awesome. And then we're going to have a, a, a larger uh, booth. So one of the two booth spaces at the, well, the summer stamp show uh, at the end of August in Sacramento. Uh, so we'll be out there for that. 
uh, and I'll be there. Marty will be there. And our uh, Dave Hartwig, our new associate editor for Linz, uh, the three of us are going out for the show. And then awesome. a number of other individuals from the company will likely be there as well. So, Fantastic. Um, Jay, I'm really glad you finally joined us. It's been a long time coming, and I thank you personally. Um, one last favor. Can we have you on again at some point in the future to pick maybe your top <laughs> five first day cover stories I'm your first sure day we, ceremony story i'm sure we can figure out something there's nothing of interest but on that front i i disagree uh you've told me some some awesome first day uh ceremony stories so i would love your 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 quest to visit all 50 states for first day ceremonies i think you're the second person on the planet to do it yeah for all oh, 50 right. states yeah for a first day ceremony, we I would love to talk more about that at some point in the future too so uh i would i would uh, appreciate having you back on um, not as Jay of Amos Media, but as Jay First Day Ceremony uh, enthusiast. I'm sure we can figure something out. Yeah. Done. Sounds great. Um, awesome. Anything else, Jay? I think that's it. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for yeah, for for joining us for coming to do this. Appreciate um, uh, yeah. you you making time for this. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Awesome. Michael, I am really glad. A lot of discussion about the digital Scott catalog yeah. lately. Yeah. Um. I'm like really thrilled that Jay himself, the guy behind this whole project, joined us. I love going yeah. directly to the source, clarify some things, learn some things, hear about plans for the future. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that uh, that he was able to to take the time out of his day for us. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it exactly. It's it's what Jay said. They're putting a lot of work and effort into the digital itself, scanning all of those items. I get it. Um, and it's yeah, really I mean, easy for us to sit back and throw out like it should do this and it should be hyperlinked to the entire Jay wanted to get idea, a product <laughs> right. Um Jay wanted to get a product to market and mm -hmm. he did and it's 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 a solid product and it's going to grow and it's gonna get better and I'm really excited to see what becomes of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited that our listeners have an exclusive discount code that we will put in the uh in the, the description. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't it's, think anyone actually other people have done that for us before. Yeah, yeah, Larry did. Larry Haber. Exactly, Larry Haber did for the Collectors Club, but it's still fun to have an exclusive. It is still it makes fun me to feel have... like makes me feel like real podcasters. <laughs> and now yeah. that my favorite podcast is gone, we need to step up and fill mm -hmm. their shoes. A, a different one, not ours. No, no, no. My second. We're favorite, back. Exactly. Yeah, we're <laughs> back. Uh, this is my favorite podcast again. Uh, but no, this is a lot of fun to get back in the yeah. swing of things. And I look it forward was, to, uh, to keeping it up. So um, we, we haven't done the, the spiel in a while. I'm not sure I'm going to remember it. But we're oh, on our... Apple Podcasts, Spotify Google Podcasts, Podcast, Spotify Google. Podcasts. Yeah. Um, we are on YouTube, Conversations with Flatalist. You can watch this. Um, we are uh, online at flatalypodcast.com. Mm -hmm. You can write us at flatalypodcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. I'm Charles L. Epting on Twitter, I think. I haven't checked Twitter in several months. Really? I still check it every day. Yeah, I see that you, you um, I think I just, hey, Twitter is Twitter is so desperate to get me back on. They're like, like look at what Michael liked today. <laughs> I get emails <laughs> from Twitter, like recommending stuff that you've interacted with. But yeah, um, yeah. I will, after this episode goes live, I will get back on there. You are Michael J. Court. Yep. Correct. Um, but yeah, this is a lot of fun. Let's get back in the swing of things. Let's do it again yeah. real soon. Yeah, we'll we'll try and get an interview for next week. Also, if we don't get an interview, we will do um, just talking about what we've been up to these past two yeah. months. That's a great idea. Um, That's a great idea. That that and, we were so busy that we couldn't. It was a lot of. I had a free day and Charles was busy, and then 
I and then Charles had a free day and I was busy and it was a lot of where we were I'm talking. I'm not sure on the I had a free day. day. Yeah, well, I mean, it, there was one day I looked it on my I'm calendar. Done. I'm just joking. No, we, it's, yeah, well, again, we've, we've been talking stamp stuff nonstop yeah. and I want to, I want to channel that back into the podcast. So we will definitely get something back up next week as well, but no, it's just, it's just good to be doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And, Absolutely. Uh, see you next time. I'll catch you real soon, Michael. All right. Bye. See ya.